Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, Happy New Year. Um, sorry about your Michigan loss in the Peach Bowl, um, but they you're in the lost. stadium. They did lose. Oh. Uh, sorry. Um, I know I, you're going to fight through this show. How's the germ ward on that side? I know. Um, don't mind Jeff's voice. He's uh, just struggling on the other side of the studio. I'm thinking about singing and you're, like doing a little Lou Rawls. Um, for those people who remember who Lou Rawls is. Yeah, nobody wants to hear you sing. It yeah. doesn't matter who you're singing. By the way, the, the Peach Bowl made me a convert of domes. Domes? You know, was I really, was, I, I was you like the video board up yeah, there? Yeah, that video board is sweet. Did you eat the Chick-fil-A? But, no, I didn't eat the Chick-fil-A. Come on. But, but I'll, but I'll Went at you, the Georgia Dome. Uh, eat the, the Chick-fil-A. There was a guy or the on Mercedes the end Benz, of our... whatever they call it. <clears throat> excuse me. You're going to hear a lot of that today. <laughs> there was a guy at the end of our aisle who was getting more and more annoyed every time somebody would get out to go to the bathroom or get snacks or something like that. There's a problem with that stadium, which to me is a lovely problem to have. Blank decided to make the concessions really cheap. Yeah. So the big souvenir soda, soda four bucks. Refill machines all over the stadium. You just walk up and do that. Well, like, that's the future of concessions at stadiums. Yeah. So more, more affordable to be able to take the family. If yeah, you but, but you're them. missing the problem, which is the guy who was getting annoyed. My response to him was I finally turned to him and said, look, dude. You're in a stadium with free refills. People are going to get up, <laughs> not just to get the refills. <laughs> Look, haven't we realized that there's always going to be something to complain about? If yes. it's not the game on the field, it's the refills. But it is, in a, the... It, is a, it is a really nice stadium. You've seen your share of stadiums this yeah. year, too. Mm-hmm. You've, uh, well, yeah, sorry. I hate to say it, but the Cowboys stadium is very nice, too. I did a tour of that. The stadium can be fine. It's the team that we're not a fan of. Well, so. my, my son pulled out. He, he had under his uh, sweatshirt at the Eagles uh, Super Bowl shirt. That's good parenting right there. And and there was a point at which they were making fun of the Yankees uh, mm-hmm. during the tour, at which point Alex took off his sweatshirt and, and had showed his Eagles, his Eagles thing, and that kind of stopped it. All right. Well, that's good parenting right yeah. there. Why don't we get to the Eagles a little bit? We've got in studio with us uh, managing sports editor for Philly Voice, uh, Evan Macy. Evan, uh, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. My it, pleasure. The New Year, we, we've got a, a playoff game. Where did few, that come from? Few, right? Honestly, a few weeks ago, uh, you know, nobody thought that this would happen. Close the season, what five and one, coming down the stretch at this point. Uh, Jeff, you were right. Uh, I'll give you credit on air. Whoa. I want you to, you know, take this in. It doesn't happen often. All right, you yeah. you're still awake over there? <clears throat> now I am. So uh, Jeff said that Chicago would play all of their players and try to win the game, and I said, well, if the Rams are blowing them out, why would they do that? And I was wrong. So there you go, Jeff. I will record this for posterity. What is? Let me ask what you think. What does that mean about how the Bears view the Eagles then? Because just think about think about the heat that they're going to take if they decided they made the conscious decision that they're they want to face the Eagles or they wanted to face the Eagles. Can you imagine they could have gone home to face the Vikings, who they had seen that week and they could trounce on, and instead they're going to face the Eagles. And if they don't beat them, that's that's got to be a decision that they deserve heat for, wouldn't you say? I would think that their fans would be all over it. I think that the the coach would say that he wants his team playing at his best. He's a younger, they're a younger team. You know, the kind of they remind me of the Eagles early two thousands. They've got that good defense. The offense has a young quarterback. They're coming along. You you want them to learn about winning. You don't want to kind of sit them down and break that momentum. I, I believe they've won nine of their last ten games coming into this. So. 
I could see why Nagy wanted to do that, but he certainly opens himself up to questions if the Eagles come in and beat them this weekend. If if I'm a Bears fan, I'm happy that we have a team in the playoffs and they have a winning mentality. They didn't go into that game scoreboard watching. Instead, they said, let's go to town. Let's play hard. Let's play for four quarters. Let the chips fall where they may, but we are going to win. Well, and and they, I think that's the attitude you want going into the playoffs. And last week, the Eagles played for four quarters. Uh, Foles finished 28-33 for 221 yards. They held the ball for 41-plus minutes in that game. It, it was just uh, domination, and the amount of Eagles fans in that stadium was really fun. Uh, did you guys see the videos afterwards of the Eagles fans cheering, watching the Bears game in the concourse and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I love the the traveling Eagles fans. They you know, it's it's wonderful to see that fan base. Okay, so I, I love the lack of Washington home fans. Did that surprise you? No, I mean no. a terrible team. That that's you know, look, if I'm a fan of that team, I mean that that's kind of miserable experience right yeah. there. I heard Eagles chance at the <coughs> Suns game. I, okay, so we were watching. You heard that the other night, right? It's it's just any sporting event. It, now. Every everywhere you go. That, that you don't I'm, like that. That, that I don't like. Jeff, you're so critical of. No, I think if you're at, you don't like fans, do you? No, I love fans. <laughs> I don't like negativity. So to me, if you're going to do the Eagles chant in an Eagles game, it makes sense to me. If you're at a Sixers game, chant Sixers. They were just marking if, their territory. It's a, like a dog peeing on the grass. They're out there in the stadium, and they decided n- to nice to go mark their territory. Is that what your dog's going to do? I don't have a dog, so we don't have to worry no, about it. No, but is that what it's going to do? You're going to teach it to pee on other people's glass so you can mark its territory? You, you mark your territory. Right. The Eagles fans did that. So As a non-dog owner, you can't say that. You, you just you don't like the fact that, <laughs> that fans go and have fun at games rooting No, for I want them to that... cheer for the team they're going to see. So if you're going to see the, the Phillies, or if you're going to see the Sixers in the Suns case, Cheer for the Sixers. All right. I'm going to let your cold medicine take in, and I'm going to ask Evan. <laughs> oh, uh, it already came <laughs> So uh, your reporters are currently traveling to Chicago somewhere <laughs> along the way. Jimmy Kemsky will be out there giving updates. Uh, what's it been like for the Philly Voice as a media platform to see this turnaround before we get into the game itself? Obviously, more traffic, more people watching. But what's it like for you guys in this type of time? Uh we were really to the point where we kind of had informal meetings about this. We were ready to switch to draft mode. I mean, we were ready to start previewing the draft. Previewing. So we're a lot of fans. <laughs> yeah. And so we're kind of like mentally getting prepared for that. And we're coming up with story ideas. And we're like, you know, well, this 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 one feature we've been doing every every week on Sunday mornings. No one's going to care about that. And then another improbable run comes up and that's all put on hold. I don't even know what's going on with the draft anymore. I've completely tuned that out in my head. I guess. Doran, I was going to ask you too. Who I mean, they're going to they're going to pick in the low twenties, and I Jimmy uh, gives me the players to watch. In yeah, the, in the college games though, he if does he, it anyway. Yeah, he'll like before each of the college games, he'll be like, and these are the potential players that the Eagles might be interested in in the game that you should watch out for. He he, Jimmy keeps a lot of balls in the air at once to the point where it. Yeah, it really doesn't take much. It's harder for me to keep track of all the things that I have to worry about. They'll just show up in my inbox like, hey, this story's done on the draft. Yeah. Oh, the draft. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. He, okay, so going back to Chicago this weekend, I'm going to ask you both your initial thoughts about the game. I'll kind of break it down a little. I'm going to ask Jeff his thoughts before I go. Well, to why don't you ask Alshon Jeffrey his thoughts? Well, he's obviously looking forward to getting yes. a little uh, little revenge come up and on. What the, was the that team. about? Well, look, I mean, they didn't value him in his mind the way that he thought. And yeah, but th- but talk about not liking the fans. What did the fans do? 
I think he took a shot at the fans. Do you he think? Took he, a shot okay. At the city. Do you think that was an intentional shot at the city, or yes. was it more a an embracing of Philadelphia? I think it was both. Because I, I mean, you I could, you could have done one without the other. You, he could have complimented Philly without taking a shot at Chicago fans. Okay, so that's just preview for the game. Now let me get Evan's preview for the game. <laughs> yeah, so, Evan. Evan, what what uh what are your thoughts as as we go out there to the game before we break down the specific positions for everything? In in terms of you know what what we're going to see out there, who you know what are your expectations going in this? So week? one of the biggest stats that stood out to me is the Bears and the Eagles are second and third in time of possession respectively from the regular season. You mentioned the forty one minutes against the Redskins. That's going to be really that's going to be big because the the Bears have that defense that in short spurts is going to really wreak havoc. But if the Eagles are able to keep the ball and tire out Khalil Mack or force them to make substitutions on their front seven, that's going to play into the Eagles' favor. So then the question goes to how are they going to do that? Well, I guess Darren Sproles, from what Doug was talking about the last couple of days, it seems like Darren Sproles is going to be the go-to back. And that's worked out, and it looks like those little dink and dunk passes have kind of been an extension of their running game. But Which you've seen return to their their offensive right. game plan that wasn't you know again you have to have the weapons to do it and when you have a Josh Adams and Smallwood those aren't the players you run that dink and dunk to but Sproles hides behind a lineman and he's out there right so I'll put it this way if if there was a healthy Jay Ajayi on the roster right now I would be very very confident and the just the running backs they have the fact that they have a guy in their 30s who has been injured for most of the last two years as their go-to guy and then behind him they have an undrafted free agent who's been inconsistent in Josh Adams. And then they have Wendell Smallwood who one run, he looks like he's uh, the pulverizing Hulk up the middle for eight yards. And then the next run he's getting tackled at the line of scrimmage, like a wimp. That's going to be key to me. I think Nick Foles will be able to move the ball. I think if you look at his weapons, I don't think they've been healthier this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. They have Alshon missed the beginning of the year. Wallace has been practicing, but uh, it turns out he's not he's not going to be uh, active on game day. But, I mean, they have uh, what everybody is hoping for. They're going to finally get um, <laughs> they're going to finally get return on their trade. Maybe. I mean, this is the last chance for the goal. I hope trade. so, because I'm going to have to say I'm totally wrong again if if that's the case, because Jeff wasn't in favor of the trade and I thought it was a good move to bring Tate on. And it just hasn't clicked, uh, which surprises well, me. Now's the, now's the chance that it, you know, if you do it now. And, then nothing matters and, in the and season. And look, it becomes important in this game because with Chicago's defensive line, um, one, I have concerns about Jason Peters holding up against Khalil Mack. You know, if I'm if I'm Chicago, I line him up over Peters as opposed to Lane Johnson. I think he's going to be all over a, the place. A lot more. Yeah. Um, but Lane Johnson has, I mean, between Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt, he has had a good few weeks um, protecting Nick. But I think what becomes important is Nick has gotten the ball out very quickly, uh, under like 2.5 seconds a lot of times. And to be able to dink and dunk and drop it off, that'll help to negate that Chicago pass rush if you can get the ball out so quickly that they don't get a chance to get off the line. you, you got to have a couple plays downfield, though, because without the, without the running game, which they really don't have, it, you're going to bottle up the, the front seven, which can make it harder to dink and dunk. you you got to spread the field even if it's just a pl- couple plays just to keep them honest. If they don't do that at the beginning of the game, this could be a problem. And and Nick has thrown a more accurate deep ball at times, and he's taken shots. Nelson has sort of had a reemergence. He's had a good season quietly, but he's had more big plays 
the last few weeks, had one in the Washington game. Your thoughts on the Eagles wide receivers going into this game? We talked about health, what they have, and then with Ertz, who, by the way, how did he not become an AP uh uh, first team or second team all pro not enough catches uh, how does that happen the guy set a record in the league and he doesn't make it but um you know and you've seen dallas goddard sort of make some more plays in the offense your your thoughts about the weapons that nick has going on on offense before we flip to the defensive side that's got to be their biggest strength uh, i would think uh, back to golden tate just for one second the thing that makes me nervous about that is when they traded for him carson wentz was the quarterback Nick Foles comes in, and obviously after you see Wentz go Ertz crazy, Wentz kind of has his favorite guys, and then you saw Nick Foles come in, and he was back in a groove with Alshon Jeffrey and with his guys. So I'm just skeptical. I mean, there's two things. I'm just obsessed with this trade. I'm sorry to to jettison this conversation, but they're they're not putting the guy in the game, first of all. They're not putting him – they're not calling plays for him, second of all. And there's no chemistry between him and either of the quarterbacks. Is there any chemistry between him and Nate Sudfeld? That's a good <laughs> so, so if Nick Foles gets hurt, we don't want that to happen, but maybe Golden Tate takes over the game then. Wouldn't that be quite the silver lining? Yes. At least we got the trade worth, even though we it, lost two yeah. quarterbacks. It is concerning to me that they haven't found that role for him yet, though. I mean, right. he is a possession receiver. He can block for you. He has a skill set that you would think would fit well on this team and in this offense, and it just hasn't happened. And I'm I'm still not sure why. I, I just I don't understand why the fit hasn't been there because, especially with Foles' quarterback, he's the type of quarterback that would throw to a wide receiver out on a wide receiver screen or uh, throw it out to Sproles out of the backfield and have, have Tate out there as a blocker for him. I'm just surprised they haven't found a role for him yet. He's really a nel- Nelson Aguilar does a lot of the things that he does, and I guess there's that familiarity. Is that what it is? It's just they're too similar in terms of the roles that they want them to play, do you think? I don't have the answer to this, but my best guess would be that that's kind of the— that's got to be it. It's just maybe they're more comfortable with the guy who's in a very similar role. Although I, I agree with you. There's there's so many different situations where I would have loved to have seen a little seven-yard slant to Golden Tate— or a screen pass to him instead of to Richard uh, Rogers. I haven't understood that. <laughs> Richard Rogers is getting more looks on the outside yeah. than Golden Tate does. I just I don't understand the personnel usage. And you know, earlier in the season, I used to complain to Jeff about their running back rotation. I didn't understand why certain running backs were on the field in certain situations. Don't question Doug. Yeah, I know. Doug doesn't want you to question. No, he Doug. does not want you that, to question. Him. Let's talk about um, the experience. So the Eagles have. 127 games played of players on their roster in the playoffs. The Bears have 23. I mean, you got 100 more games of playoff experience going into this You're game. You're going way too far in depth on this. I, I they think, won the Super Bowl last year. I understand the, that. And but, most of the guys returned. But that, that doesn't so, get you the what you have there. No, but it, it gets you the experience. They have the recent experience of going through all this. And every coach says that when you get into the playoffs – that experience is not something that you can teach people. They have to go through it, especially as you get closer to the Super Bowl, realizing what you need to do, what's important, what's not important, how to stay away from the hangers-on, stay away from family members, those kind of things. They have all that. To the Bears, this is all new. So do you, how do you think that factors in in terms of a first time in there for a young team, uh, a young quarterback in Trubisky there sort of – feeling himself and finding himself in there. How do you think that factors into everything? The first thing that comes to mind, how, 
How many guys have playoff experience last year when the Eagles were, you know, the number one seeded underdog in all of these games? Last year leads me to believe that this might be an overrated thing. And the reason I think is just because it's kind of the nature of the sport in that it's it's not like basketball or like baseball where there's like series serieses take two or three weeks to play. It's just kind of this one time thing. It's this one game. Anything can happen. I think the experience matters a lot more in those sports where there's downtime in between games and where there's media obligations in between games. But what we saw kind of last year was that all the inexperience on the Eagles almost almost the naivete that they had almost kind of like a hubris where they kind of thought like we we don't care it kind of helped them one of the things one of the things that makes me a little bit nervous for the eagles coming in is it seems like they're they're being recognized as the dangerous team as this underrated team that's coming in as this team that nobody wants to face at least that's what a lot of national media is pegging them with and I don't know if that's a role that they would want because they're not going to be taken lightly. And when they're taken lightly, that's when they perform the best. Jeff, your your concerns with the Chicago defense out there before we get to the Eagles de- defense. Obviously, Khalil Mack, their you know their linebackers, their their defensive line. You, you, what do you think the Eagles' offensive line is going to be able to do to try and negate some of their their more successful areas? They're going to have to stunt. Uh, to, to me, they're going to have to try different things to kind of keep the guys. You know, I think that they're not going to put Khalil Mack on one side. I think they're going to start moving people around because they have so many talented guys on that front four. So if I'm the Eagles, i got to find different ways to stunt and keep them off their toes. And as you said before, you have to get the ball out quickly. But at the same time, you've got to develop a certain number of plays where the offensive line can hold up for four seconds and you can throw it downfield to Aguilar or somebody else. The Eagles' defense, um, healthier than they have been in a while, still going to have Sidney Jones out, um, but sort of rebuilt that secondary uh, with Devontae Maddox, who's been a pleasant surprise back there. Rasul Douglas has played better the last few weeks, had a nice interception in the Washington game. Um, you know, We'll see whether Timmy Jernigan gets more snaps this week coming back, but Fletcher Cox and Michael Bennett have just been absolute beasts at times uh your thoughts on the eagles defense going into this game going up against a rookie quarterback uh trey burton there they got Tariq cohen and and jordan howard in the backfield lots of different weapons for chicago but um can the eagles make that life miserable just by putting pressure and, and collapsing the pocket the the pressure's been incredible. The way that Fletcher Cox and, and Michael Bennett and Chris Long and everybody up front has looked the last few weeks, it's kind of like, I don't know what, what it is, but something seems to have been lit inside and they're kind of playing the way that everybody had expected them to. That That's really the key to the game, as it has been for as long as these injuries concern injury concerns have been up there because the more pressure that you can give, the less time you need to rely on the secondary to bail you out. And that's probably key. But when it comes to the secondary, I think that the player who deserves to be both a pro bowler and an all proer is Malcolm Jenkins, who does not get enough credit as being one of the best safeties in the NFL. He also did a great hype video this week. You saw the <laughs> Eagles put that out. Yeah, and in our office, we already have people <laughs> running through walls. So sorry to, <laughs> to the WeWork. And- a challenge. <laughs> But um, uh, but yeah, Jenkins, I know that there was that, I think it was the Saints game, if I'm correct, where they just were losing players on the secondary left and right, and, and they were able to kind of bounce back. And 
what Malcolm Jenkins said succeeded with guys like Craven LeBlanc and Trey Sullivan and whatnot was that they simplified things. And when they kind of simplified things, everything slowed down and made more sense. And I think on both sides of the ball, but especially defense, when they had their backs against the wall, when they needed to go 5-1 and one to make the playoffs and get some help, they just made things simple. And for this team with so much raw talent and potential, I think the simpler the better, and that's made the defense really successful recently. And I think if they can keep it simple, simple as in get to the quarterback and hang on as long as you can on the secondary, don't don't make it too difficult because there are, these are talented football players and they have a lot of them have Super Bowl experience now. By the way, by the way, there's an interesting side story in this. Chris Long is going against his brother Kyle. They're, they're not related, according know, to Kyle. I, I know. This week. According to Kyle, he said they're I, not, they're I not related, it. which confused apparently some of their and young look, children. You also have the relationship with Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson. I didn't realize Matt Nagy was well, a quarterback. A it is, but yeah. I didn't realize that Matt, Matt Nagy was actually an Eagles quarterback for one day. For one day? For one day under Andy Reid. That, needed, that could be like half the Flyers. They needed, yeah, right. Yeah. It's basically a Flyers emergency right. goalie situation. But, um, you know, how, how do you become a quarterback for one day? What did he do? I'll send you the story. I hope it was on Philly Voice because we've got Evan here. <laughs> I'm going to text my coworkers right. to write it up quick. It, um, OK, so your thoughts. Let's get uh, predictions for the game. We'll talk about some of the other NFL games, then talk college real fast. Your prediction for the game. 24-17 Bears. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. Evan, what, what do you think is going to are you allowed to make predictions as a managing sports editor? Yeah, we do predictions every week. It's actually on our website right now. All I, right. So I, if I'm, I looked, if I looked on uh, phillyvoice.com and looked up for your prediction, what would I find? I, I wrote it this morning. I, I picked the Eagles twenty-four to twenty, um, and it's it's because of the the. I think it's just because the defense is going to come through. I really think that they've been playing really well. And for some reason, I think thirty to twenty-three. I think it's actually going to be a higher scoring game than than people think. I think the over/under is Ooh. forty-one, which is very low. You have a score, but not a not a winner. Oh, Eagles. Oh, okay. No, I think I think the Eagles are going to win. Um, it and I think the Bears are going to be open to to some of those questions. And it, you know, I I've gone back and forth. Is that a heart pick or is that a head pick? Um, I, I know you kind of negate the experience a little bit. Uh, that argument. I think it's going to be important for some of these guys the first couple drives to see how they come out. Chicago needs to come out and kind of weather the storm a little bit. The excitement that they're going to have, can they settle down and, and get off to a good start? The Eagles have had a lot of poor starts and they are a different team when they play from ahead as opposed to playing from behind. And so can the Eagles come out and get a lead and make Chicago chase them and sort of get out of their game plan to try and run the ball with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard and make them take more shots downfield that plays into the Eagles' uh, defensive line, putting more pressure on them. All right. Well, if you, I'm going to have you guys play coach for a minute. If you had your choice, would you rather have the ball first or would you rather play defense first against the Bears this weekend? I, I'm a defer guy. Yeah. Always. It's always a nice little pleasant surprise when you get the ball back at the end of the, at the, end of the first half. So definitely. Seeing, I'm normally a defer guy, but I would want to put the offense out there and and try and score first. I don't want, I don't want the Eagles playing from behind in this game. I, See, I, I want I, the Eagles to be front runners, and I'm not saying that that's a wise decision to change. I'm just saying that 
I would like to give the offense a chance to put the first points on the board so that when Chicago steps on the field, not only do they feel that pressure at home against the defending Super Bowl champions, a lot of them first time playing, but now they're chasing points. I see. I see. If I'm the Bears are not an explosive offense. If if I'd be more concerned about coming out on offense and laying an egg and on doing the first a three series. and out. So you yeah. defer because be, especially in that stadium, Chicago, it's. It's heyday was built on the monsters in the midway. There are certain cities that thrive on defense, and that stadium will go bananas if there's a three and out. So you want to defer? If yeah, okay. I think it's always defer. Just think about the boost when you when you get off the field. All right, I'll, I'm willing to be stop. I'm willing to be wrong again if they win. I mean, I'll be wrong about everything if they win. I don't uh, really care. I want to make one I'd more point. And it's something I think that is important to watch for. I talked to an expert today who uh, works with rib injuries, just about uh, Nick Foles, who's, who didn't break his ribs, but he has bruised ribs. Right. It'll be interesting to see how they have him wrapped up with a flak jacket, with extra things around his ribs, see if he has any prohibited movement by that. And the reason I'm saying that is just because it, that'll tell us how comfortable he is, how restricted he is, because we really don't know what the extent of the injury was. So the less um, the less stuff we see that he's got, and, and obviously under his jersey we're not going to know, but there's the going to be some padding. The healthier you think he is, the yeah. less he's got. Because he's going to be taking hits, taking deep breaths, making all different kinds of throws, and we don't know how that's going to affect him, and pain is pain. So that's and, something to keep an eye and on. And Wentz won't be dressed, so Sudfeld will be the backup quarterback Correct. this yep. week. So. Jeff, hopefully we won't see whether Nate Sudfeld and Golden Tate have a better connection, yes. but it's <laughs> it's ready if you're there. Let's run through the other matchups this weekend real fast. Colts at Texans at 425 on Saturday. Uh, either of you have any thoughts that are jumping out about that game? No. No no, no thoughts. Yeah, that, that game just doesn't... T.Y. Hilton's health, to me, is a key factor there because they're a different offense for the Colts. They come in very hot. I believe they've won 9 out of 10 also. Um, the Texans as a team confuse me. Um, some games they're unstoppable. Other games they're unstartable. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. Andrew Luck finally looks like Andrew Luck was supposed to look. He finally looks healthy. Yeah, it looks like they have uh, the better offensive line and the better quarterback going into the game. What the Eagles were able to do against them, um, I, I I think that the Colts will will sort of watch. And, you know, maybe Frank Reich gets his his first Playoff victory there this this weekend uh, Saturday night Seahawks. Frank, by the way, Frank Frank Wright make his first victory as, as a coach, but do you remember about thirty years ago? Oh, the comeback! Yeah, yeah, the Buffalo against, comeback. Against the Houston Oilers, was it thirty-five to seven. That was, an, to... that was an incredible game to we, watch. We don't have games like that yeah. anymore. That that was a fun fun game to yeah. watch. Seahawks at Cowboys Saturday night. Uh, are the Cowboys going to get eliminated early here? Uh, Amari, I don't know. The, Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott are scary, man. I mean, that's that's a dynamic duo. But at the same time, the Seahawks have been really good this season, and they've been quiet good too. Because you don't see a lot of them out west. And yeah, they haven't, they haven't been, been, been a prime quiet time a lot. No, they haven't been quiet. But this has been Russell, one of Russell Wilson's best seasons right. in the NFL, and he's gotten very few headlines for it. And they're coming in as a different team than your old Legion of Boom. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're a, they're a younger team. They're a healthier team than they have been before, and they don't seem to have those ego, you know, issues. No, wrong. No, didn't you hear Frank Frank Clark a couple weeks ago that said this is not Richard Sherman's team anymore? And no, kind of laid claim 
to this new era of defense in Seattle. So th- there's still that bravado on that defense to go along with a, a, even a better Russell Wilson. I'm, I'm like you. I'm concerned about Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. But with Amari Cooper, you just don't know if he's going to hold on to it. He just has a, <laughs> a history of dropping balls. Yeah, and also we have uh, the Clapper. I have My favorite head coach in the entire NFL, I swear to God. This season saved the job of Jason Garrett, and it's unbelievable. I'm so it's excited. So the only other thing that I want to be saved is Eli Manning as the quarterback of the Giants. Every year I, I root for Eli Manning to stay as the quarterback of the Giants, so I get the Eli face and Jason Garrett to stay as the Dallas <laughs> It looks like coach. both will be happening. And so, like, for me, that's a successful season, yeah. separate from the Eagles, when those things continue to happen so I can keep seeing them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys go down at home on Saturday night. I know that's. I not think gonna, they will. I know that's not going to make Jerry happy, but I think it'll make a lot of Eagles fans happy going into Sunday. It'll just um, make a lot of NFL fans. happy. A lot of NFL yeah. fans happy. Uh, Sunday Chargers at Ravens at one hundred and five. How do you like to be the Chargers with all those uh, wins this season? Have to travel east for a one hundred and five start on a Sunday in the cold. To me, the bigger problem is is they're playing against this unique offense because Lamar Jackson's now the quarterback. You know, he they're not going – this is going to last for one season. After that, people will be able to catch up with what they're doing with Lamar Jackson because contrary to them keep continuing to say his throwing's getting better, he he is not that good a throwing quarterback. He, He's got he, an arm. He's just not an accurate passer yet. Yes, well, that, that you either are or you aren't at this point in your career. If you make it to the NFL and you haven't perfected accuracy or at least gotten to the point of being – a 60% quarterback, you're not going to over time. Oh, ye of little faith, Jeff. But but he is athletic as can be, and there's just no way to stop that. Any thoughts going into Baltimore against the Chargers? I want to quote my uh, wonderful friend Jimmy Kemsky, who said that 10 out of the last 31 quarterbacks who played— well, only 10 of the last 31 quarterbacks who played in their first postseason game have won. Wow. So that's— one third. We could throw Trubisky in for that one too. So there's Trubisky, there's Jackson. I don't know. That's uh, that's an interesting. I mean, the the value of having one of those Andrew Luck or Russell Wilsons on your playoff team is, or Philip Rivers or Philip Rivers. Case. And and you know, in their their first meeting this year, the Ravens held Philip Rivers to a fifty one point seven passer rating. It was his worst mark of two thousand eighteen. So. Will, yeah, he had he had an MVP level season this year. He did. He's another one. He plays out on the West Coast, and therefore he doesn't get the attention, just like Russell Wilson. But he's had a season of of pretty much historic numbers. There, they, they had a story. I don't know if you saw it on ESPN last night um, about Philip Rivers' trash talk. That he has this history of trash talk, but he doesn't curse. I like Kirk Cousins' trash <laughs> and, talk, and, and it's you they, like that. They have him mic'd up for games, and it's it's just. Dead gummit left and right. <laughs> it, it, it is really funny to see. Th- and and they, they said they had Keenan Allen on. And Keenan Allen said, it took me until about the seventh game. And he goes, I walked up to him and I said, you know, you do all this trash talking. You don't cuss ever? And he's, uh, like, he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, you'll be able to watch out for cursing this weekend in the wild card matchups. Uh, why don't we hit a break? Uh, when we come back, we got plenty more to talk about. College football playoff, Phillies, Sixers, Flyers, you name it. Stick with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1 
888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field. It's the Heart of Sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN. With former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the Heart of Sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. I'm here with Sickly Jeff Cohen here in studio. How are you feeling, sir? Oh, much better. Are you better for the second Being segment? Sickly always makes it much better. Are you better for the second segment? You yeah. Pepped up a little bit. Yep. Cooties are gone. Got some medicine mm-hmm. in you. Got got a little cough drop. You good? You're big on the medicine. Yeah. Did you like some? I want you to be healthy. That's what I want. Thanks. All right. So I'm gonna since since you're feeling under the weather, I'm gonna give you the choice of what you'd like to talk about next. We've got spin the wheel. We've got eight vacancies in the NFL. Yeah. We've got the college football playoff coming to the championship. We've got the Phillies signing a free agent. We've got the Flyers being the Flyers. Let's, let's and we got finish the with our, Let's finish with our NFL talk about uh, the coaches. All right. Eight head coaches fired so far: Bengals, Browns, Broncos, Bucks. Cardinals, Dolphins, Jets, and Packers. How does so? I, I have a question. There's eight coaching vacancies. Yes. How are there not at least nine? How did, how did Jay Gruden survive this? I have no idea. I, I truly well, have. What n- has Jay Gruden done? Got pictures on. I somebody. mean, hey, look, more power to him. Keep him there as long as possible. But what has he done to to warrant, especially with Dan Snyder? You figured he would be getting rid of him. Six of the seven coaches hired the season that Doug Peterson was hired are no longer coaches. Doug Peterson is the only coach from that class. Well, I, I think that shows the lack of patience among NFL owners. Well, and you point to the Cardinals as an example of that. Well, I just think that's the most drastic example of it. You you cannot hire a guy. You're Look, the Cardinals sucked. And and they hired a coach, but everybody expected the Cardinals. Well, that's to my suck. point. Why is that news? So, so he the team stunk. You drafted a quarterback who was a long term project. He was not NFL ready, and everybody knew it when they drafted him. Uh, your best player, David Johnson, was coming off an injury, I believe. Larry Fitzgerald might be ninety six, ninety seven years old. Uh, the Cardinals' defense <laughs> was not that good. How now you're in, an ageist? How, exactly. How in the world? Do you fire the coach after one season? If you're the NFL, do you have concerns that six of the eight coaches that hired are your minority candidates? Yeah. I mean, uh, and that every time somebody gets in- interviewed, you hear Rooney rule as opposed to they're actually qualified to be the damn head coach. I can't stand that. It, you know, uh, African American head coach gets interviewed. It's not because they're qualified, it's because of the Rooney rule. They have to interview him. It's like, yeah, no, they're, but, but they're isn't that good. the beauty? I mean, we talked about on our, the, on our regiment show about the way that the G League does, um, the, the way that they're developing front office personnel. You can't really do that in the NFL because there is no minor league system. To do it, but they've got to find a better way to do it. And you can't just cut coaches. It doesn't matter what the race is. To me, you you have to give coaches more of an opportunity. It doesn't matter if you if you have the Rooney rule and you don't give people a chance to succeed, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You have to give people a chance to succeed. 
Well, let's uh, we'll leave the NFL coaches there and college coaches. Temple's looking for a new head coach again, Jeff. Um, surprised that Manny Diaz is back in Miami. As as many of your texts to me say, SMH. I'm uh, just shaking my head. I, I don't. I don't. I feel for Temple. They. Thought- I feel terrible for now. With regard to Coach Collins' leave, I get that. Okay, he he. This was his dream job. He had coached at Georgia. Oh, Tech did you before. check out the places that Coach Collins recommended? I did. You hit the, up Waffle the, House. Uh, we did hit up a, a Waffle okay. House. We hit the Varsity, which was a a, a half hour line. Okay, but worth at it. Like two thirty in the afternoon. It was. Bizarre. Didn't you tell them that Coach Collins sent you? I thought about it. <laughs> you could have name dropped nah, there, I wasn't Jeff. Do that. Come on. But they are very excited about him down there. They should it's be all over the place, and it really is. It's a pretty campus. It's it's downtown, but it's off to the side, so it's it, it has that campus feel right near a big city. But uh, back to the Temple thing. Manny Diaz comes in. They hire him. 17 days, Jeff. Right before the early signing period. 18 days. And then Mark Rick, for some unknown reason, decides he's leaving Well, did you see how Miami played in that game? Yeah, but... (laughs) That's the reason. But still, it was only his second season. I know. That was his... I was surprised. I'm air quoting. It was his dream job, and that's why he supposedly left Georgia, although I think he was getting pushed out at that point. Um, if, If nobody knew this... It, it is baffling to me, but Manny Diaz, hey, you chose to come here. You don't always have to take the first job that's offered to you, okay? We've all had situations in our life where we've gone to multiple interviews, and sometimes we get job offers and we don't take them because we don't think it's right or we want to do something else. Once you take that job, you have to commit to it. And, and in a coaches in this situation with college coaches – these kids are coming to the school. These parents are expecting you to be there. You can't just say, oh, something better came up seven, 17 days later and leave everybody high and dry. You left the school. You left the kids. And then Manny Diaz sits there and says, well, you know, I still feel bad about it. You should. Well, guess what? You're feeling bad about it. It doesn't really help the situation. No, it doesn't. And it's really. not fair to Temple. And, and we'll see who Temple ends up bringing on as their head coach. Obviously, something to follow. Um, as we go forward. And I, and I hope Temple plays Miami at some point in the near future and kicks their tails. That would be some that, that fun would be, By the way, I believe Temple is playing... Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech this next, year. Next year in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be interesting. Yeah, Jeff Collins will come back. But I think he'll get a warm welcome back. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, he... Again, he's he's one of the guys that continued to help build that program. And so I don't think that he'll necessarily be begrudged for it do you watch the college football semifinals i mean the blowouts that occurred on the 29th isn't it a shame just not good football at all and i don't know what the answer is you know how i feel about an eight-team playoff but what we saw maybe we're better off just going back to two teams well i mean that's what you get down to you're down to to two teams i mean notre dame ran 69 plays against clemson 31 of them failed to gain a single yard that's bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that's not good. And and look, the ratings took a hit. They're off 25% from last year. Well, well gee whiz, tickets... when did they take the ratings? Because the problem is, even if you were watching the game in the first quarter, by the second quarter, you had to turn it off because both games were just out of hand. It was, They're blowouts. They yeah. just, I mean, Oklahoma tried to put up points later, but the Notre Dame game was never even close with yeah. Notre Dame putting up much of anything. Um, hey, but here's one thing I do know, that whoever wins the Alabama-Clemson game will not have to share the national championship 
with with Did that make you happy that UCF lost to LSU just so that you don't have to hear it? Yes, just so I I don't have to hear it. You just don't want to hear it. Yes. You're not into that. Yes, they don't have back-to-back fake titles. Are you surprised that tickets for the championship game are going for between $120 and $140 when they were $205 the last time these two teams played? No, because college football is a regional thing. So you have Alabama and Clemson, which is in South Carolina, and they already spent a large sum of money on semifinal games and going out to San Francisco on a, you know a week's notice is not an easy thing to go and it's so expensive that the tickets are half the price of the parking I was going to say spots. can we talk about how parking is $230 a ticket to park it could it cost you more to park than it will to get tickets has has revenue overtaken concessions for how much mo- for the amount of revenue that they bring in in, I wouldn't be games. surprised. I mean, when I go to the Eagles games, I buy uh, a bucks, parking right? pass online. I mean, I buy it online because I don't buy season tickets, so right. I, I make sure that I get them. But, um, you know, it's kind of moved in that direction. Any thoughts on the game itself that that kind of has your attention going in? Uh, you know, people are all upset that this they're playing each other again, and somehow that equates to boring. This is going to be a good game. This is going to be a lot different than the last game that they played. You have two real future pro football style quarterbacks in this game. Tua is so good. Tua but but so is Lawrence. I know he is, but and he's a watching true freshman. The speed of the Alabama team in that game. Uh, the speed but on Clemson that Clemson has that much speed too. I, That's I, the thing. I understand, but to watch the execution against Oklahoma of that offense was something special. As as a diehard lifelong Wolverine. Yeah, you guys the, just run the ball. The, the, it it does there is no. Are you jealous when you see offenses like that? <laughs> yeah, because the, because those two are at a level. I mean, when you see Etienne come in the game, realize there's two guys behind him who are almost as good. And the same thing with Alabama's running backs. They so, who do just, you think's going to win? Well, my preference would be that Clemson win. Um, I think Clemson's going to pull it out. I think it'll be again be one of those games that comes down to the last drive. I think it'll be a relatively high-scoring game, like 31-28 or I think it'll be a high-scoring game, too. I'd like to see Clemson win, but I think Alabama's going to pull it out. I was really impressed with what I saw against Oklahoma last week. Their defense played better than I thought. I think Clemson has the advantage on defense. I think Alabama has the advantage with at quarterback, at running back, and wide out. Um, I'd say it's more of a push on the special teams. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, too. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Anything else before we leave college that surprised you this bowl season, other than nobody goes to a lot of the bowls? And see if you lost? That didn't surprise me. No? I, I didn't think that they would win. I thought LSU would win. As far as the bowls, it now the bowl I went to was close to sold out if it wasn't sold out. And the Fiesta Bowl was sold right. out. And there are, like the bigger bowls are sold out. It's, you know, the Tax Slayer Bowl that is not well, it, sold it, out. Part, part of the problem is... And I hate I, to single out the Tax Slayer Bowl, but... yeah. Uh, I did the, the pro the, or the Belk Bowl. If I don't know if that still exists. I like that because they park a helicopter in the stadium. Do they really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what what people don't understand who run these bowls is in order for it to be successful and get people to go there, you have to have a, a large alumni base. So you're already limiting yourselves to a couple dozen schools, and then you have to make sure that your. Well, you talking about part, Rutgers would travel well if they made it? Said no one ever. <laughs> no, if it, well, Rutgers has a large alumni base. Yeah, but they're not going to make it. So, if they ever did, 
and it was an East Coast Bowl, I think people would go. I do, too. All right, we'll talk more about the national championship after it happens. Ye of Monday little faith. Uh, All right, so we should we spin the wheel again? Spin the wheel, Jeff. Uh, Major League Baseball, Sixers, oh, or let, Flyers struggles? Let's do, let's do uh, baseball first. All right, the, the Phillies signed somebody this week, Jeff. Dave Robertson. It's exciting news. Another reliever. So they got With a lot no of role. they got a lot of arms in that bullpen now. They are, have three closers, according to Gabe. No, they have none because they no, don't have Gabe to find said that positions. They're use all three. He's they don't do have to find three. positions. They're just a bullpen, Jeff. They're arms in a bullpen. There are no closers. There aren't eighth inning guys because I would like them to have roles. I think they would perform better that way. But I'm outnumbered apparently. How are you feeling? We are, we are not the the uh, front office of the future. Apparently. No, we're not. I'm the front office or of the Or people past. will realize this isn't going to work. If attendance starts going down and these games start going three and a half hours because of the number of pitching changes, they're going to have to revisit this whole thing. I don't know how you stop it, just like, I, just like I'm not sure all of a sudden the, uh, the shift being banned kind of died off. I think that the, the solutions to this are, are much more difficult to put in place. He signed a two-year deal with a club option for a third. He's thrown 60-plus innings. He's the only receiver to th- reliever to throw 60-plus innings with uh, over 10 Ks in the last nine years. He's also the rare right-handed pitcher who they would leave in, well, who the Yankees left in to get out left-handers. The question will be whether or not Gabe Kapler will leave him in to face a guy who is not a right-handed batter. You don't really need to ask yourself that question, Jeff. You know the answer. And I did talk to a Yankee friend um, who was disappointed they lost him, but said that he did happen to give up home runs at inopportune times at a high rate last year. So that's something for us to watch. Do you feel better about the bullpen now uh, than you did a few weeks ago? I was fine with the bullpen. Yeah, you never the, had an issue with the bullpen. No, and they, they got the guy from and the they Mariners. still don't they got have a guy from, They got a guy from the, in the starting lineup. Yeah, um, Bryce Harper. They're apparently going to meet with in Las Vegas next week. That way, they don't somebody doesn't lock him out of the stadium. Uh, yes, apparently. Yeah, right. Uh, Harper lives. Talk in Vegas. of teams going ten plus years for Bryce Harper. Your thoughts, Jeff? Uh, that's what you're going to have to do for Bryce Harper. You know my thought. That would be a he would be a backup plan again if they're not banning the shift. I think that he's going to be limited as he gets into his 30s. Well, if he would go to Tampa instead of the Phillies. Nobody would know he was there. He could play in a more intimate experience there, Jeff, and have a nice, quiet, private atmosphere for the game. That is the the most sarcastic, glass-half-full thing. Go ahead. Tell me what Tampa did, Jeff. So the Tampa Bay Rays, who play in a dome in in Tropicana Field, have decided that they're closing the upper deck. So that nobody can sit up there to give the fans a more intimate, and I've made it through the show without throwing up, but I'm getting close, (laughs) and a more intimate experience. You don't believe them? You don't believe it's intimate? No, I don't. And, and, you know, I I pose the question on our our baseball Twitter account, uh, isn't it, is it time for the great MLB experience in in Florida to just end? Uh, See, I have a question, because it's not going to end. So, let's say you're paying $10 a seat in the 300 level and now it's there is no $20 a level. seat in that level. Did you just lose your $10? Did they eliminate all the cheap tickets? No, they're and they're, they're going to ha- if they want those same people to come back, they're going to have to keep the tickets low. But I don't know how they could make money. How do you tarp and that off? You, you literally tarp off the top of the stadium so you don't know that there are seats back there. How yes. they, how you tarp they it do off. That? You never you never saw that the Oakland A's used to we do. We need that. to have a tarp specialist on. So if you if you watch A's games, they always tarped off the top of the, the top of the stadium, but if you, you look don't at, believe that Florida can sustain baseball. No, it's not me. It, the, there's empirical proof 
Tampa Bay is second to last in attendance last year at 14,000 fans per game. My, you'll, well, I just gave it away. Miami is last. Way to tell the plot line before right. you tell the story, Miami Jeff. is last. Good story. At, te- at, a, at a, a couple people over 10,000 per game. Okay? And there's no way that they have 10,000. Have you watched a, a Phillies game? At Miami Park. Yeah, there are 10,000 people there. walking around this. Remember, when Roy Halladay, and this isn't just new, when Roy Halladay pitched his perfect game, they sold tickets Afterwards. after the game. Yes. That's how desperate they were. And, and so I looked it up, and I found that if you combine the attendance of both Florida teams, 20 major league teams have more attendance than them per game. Combined. Combined. Okay. So the Minnesota Twins draw more than the Marlins and the Rays draw if you combine their attendance. You should get the MLB on the phone the and, and offer some suggestions to them. Montreal. Look, I love the Expos. Bring it back. I, I, I love that team. Pedro and, and Andre Dawson. Dante and Bichette. And, yep. and that was uh-huh. a good team before they broke that up. Even Randy Johnson. All right, Jeff, we're, we're running through topics here. You're going to basketball or hockey next. There's some basketball Well, since news. there's nothing really going on in the Sixers, let's go there. Yeah, th- so we got an alert right as we went on the show. Um, you know, We'll talk about the games and what's been going on, but uh, Jimmy Butler apparently not happy with Brett Brown, uh, who is these days. That's right. But um, your thoughts on— So if on- everybody's equally unhappy— you know, when when you settle a case as a lawyer, you tell people that when you settle a case that, you know, everybody walks away a little bit unhappy. So in, as a coach, is it kind of the same principle? If everybody's a little bit unhappy and everybody else knows it, do they all then That's say— That's the complete oh. opposite take that you had from before the show started when you said that that meant that Brett Brown was on his way out. Oh, I, that, that, that is I, the absolute 100 percent opposite no, was, take ask, that you had. I'm asking you the question. I'm not saying that that's my theory. I don't think that these players have figured out how to play together yet. I don't think it they've figured out time. what role they should all be playing. And that apparently is what upset Butler. There was a video when he was being forceful. Brett Brown said he takes no offense. The other night you had Joel Embiid seemingly getting angry at Ben Simmons hitting him in the face going for a rebound, which well, isn't the first time this season that Ben Simmons has gone for a rebound, and Joel Embiid hasn't really been very happy with it. Well, if you remember, he was the phantom of the Wells Fargo Center last year for the, the better part of the season. Yeah. The last thing he wants is his own teammate flailing his elbows around and breaking his nose again. Do you have concerns right now about what you're seeing out of the Sixers? They're 25-14 and 14 with the sixth best record in the league. This is not a complete team. I, I, I can't judge this team until the trade deadline passes. So you're just not going to offer any critique. That's good for a radio no, show. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, we're supposed to have takes, Jeff. You get on the, me all the, the time about not they having are takes. A top, they're a top four Jeff, what do you think of the Sixers? I'm going to wait to talk about it until after the trade deadline. No. Okay, good. Glad what, we could get that I, out of the way. What I'm saying is they are a top four team in the East, but I don't think that they are a finished product. And, and that's that may be part of the, the frustration of all of the players is that we don't really have a backup center. So that's that's a problem. and Amir Johnson isn't even getting on the court no, anymore. He's not getting a sniff anymore. Explain to me why he's on this team now. Be- I, you need some. Now. I've been asking you this since last season, so yeah. this isn't a new question for yeah, me. But, but last but, year they put him in, and it made no sense to me. This year they don't even put him in, and that doesn't make sense to me. If you're going to have him on the roster, shouldn't he be able to play? And if you can't play him, what is he doing on the roster? You got to have somebody on the roster. Well. But, but I mean, you're seeing Jonah Bolden get more and more minutes. Jonah Bolden and Mike Muscala are right. getting those minutes. Uh-huh. I mean, that's where they're moving to. 
you know. Well, Muscala is not an answer for me. No, neither of them are. They are should an trade answer. him for a bag of basketballs at the at, as soon as they can. But then they have like nobody over six. Like Ben Simmons becomes your tallest player other than ben Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons becomes the power forward. Well, you've been saying that for a while. But it doesn't seem like they're moving in that direction. I just don't think that they're a finished product yet. I hope that Zaire Smith works out because watching Mikael Bridges, he's a pretty good player already. Is that surprising, though? We knew that that was going to happen. No, I mean, look, I mean, it's not like he was a top three pick. So you don't know if he was going to turn out to be Let's be honest. Landry Shamit has filled a little bit of that role that Mikael Bridges would have played. And so maybe despite themselves Mm -hmm. finding that later. But Shamit has not been playing as much the last few years. No, and I don't understand that. Neither do I. I'm not really sure what's going on there. And, And J.J. clearly needs the break because he looks tired out there. He's, his shot is not falling as consistently. Even it, to me, you can start seeing when somebody gets tired when their free throw percentage starts going down. And JJ Redick, who's one of the best free throw shooters in the league, is starting to miss free throws. Not a ton, but enough to start saying is as he gets older um, and playing more minutes, was he best served coming off of the bench? And if he's starting. Is he best served with Landry Shamit getting more minutes as opposed to the last couple of games where he seems to have had less minutes? Big game tomorrow night, Dallas at the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, it's uh, it's Philadelphia's first chance to see this guy Luka Doncic, who, who who seems to have just taken the league by storm. He's he, played. He's everything that everybody thought. He's played very well, and they have a a little bit of an easier schedule coming up. They play Washington twice. They play Atlanta, the Knicks, and Minnesota. So compared to the the West Who's Coast left road trip, on Washington. Well, not John Wall anymore. Right. He's having surgery and again. Morris I, is I hurt. would make a run at Bradley Beal again, or you know, make make but a run. But Ma- Morris is hurt now too. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the attrition in the NBA is something that changes plans of teams in an time, instant. Is it time for Washington to tank for Zion? I think everybody's trying to tank for Zion. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a game changer at this point. Any surprises? Uh, first returns on the All Star voting. Uh, Embiid is. Third, Jimmy Butler is fourth uh, among that's for front court. among the front court. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is fourth right now among guards. Dwayne Wade is second. That's not that, that's, that's clearly a, just the emotion. That's a legacy vote right there. That doesn't surprise me at yeah. all. Jeff, we got five minutes left. Can we talk some flyers? Sure. So you, know, you want to end on a down note, huh? Well, we could always bring gritty into it. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, By the way, I saw I saw a fake gritty. There's knockoffs of gritty now. Well, uh, John Oliver was in town. Yes, he day. was at the Met, right? Yes, so I went to see John Oliver, and if and John, so Oliver, you can't escape gritty. He showed up at the Met. So with John you? Oliver has made gritty. Uh, in my opinion, he started made him a national figure, bigger than he was, and he had a knockoff gritty on the show. At the end of his comedy routine, he brings on the knockoff gritty. Which you can always tell because he doesn't have the right googly eyes. That's how you can tell. Apparently, he's a that's like the biggest thing is you have to get <clears> the googly <throat> eyes right. The Flyers have lost a season worth five straight games, six of their last seven since November thirteenth. They're six thirteen and four. Uh, they've been outscored eighty five to fifty six overall. They're fifteen twenty and five. Yeah, but at least their backup goalie is. Michael Neuvirth is day to day again, Jeff. Yeah, and as, I, as what I, was your comment to me before the show about Michael Neuvirth? When tell I tell me when that? he's not day to day. Yes, he is day to day, and so they they picked up a goalie off of waivers from Vancouver, and if he starts tomorrow, that would be the Flyers' seventh goaltender wow. of the season, which would tie an NHL record for the most goaltenders that played for a team in a season. 
I mean, again, we have talked about this since we started the show until the Flyers solved their goaltending issue and defense. It's it's not just the goalie. Well, but, you I mean, and I it, talked. You a can't little, have seven goalies. But. You asked me about this. I think it was our last show or the one before that, and I, I told you that I do think they need to start breaking up that core. Uh, Simmons is the guy who I would move. I. I, well, think, I would I would look to move Voracek too for the right price. I, I think he would get you more yep. than a Simmons. I don't know if I would move him. Um, Claude Giroux is going to be the only All Star for the Flyers, obviously deserved. But mm-hmm. you know what does it say for this team that again the the biggest newsmaker for them is still the mascot. No, Car- I mean Carter Hart has played well. He hasn't d- done the old stand on his head thing yet, but. He has played very well for a guy as young as he is and a guy that I thought would need more seasoning before he came up. I think he's he's shown the flashes of what he can be, and he is the future as far as a goalie. It's But the playing behind that defense, the number of pucks they give up in their own zone. The turnovers are just brutal. It, re- it really is brutal to watch because they just seem like – they're just switch their brain off. Somebody's got to tell them, do not pass that puck to the center of the ice. And uh, before we finish up, I want to give you a little kudos again. Um, you've gotten a lot of attention the last few weeks for your sleep out, Jeff, in the in the cold with Covenant House to raise awareness for homelessness. Uh, that started for you from talking about it with them on the show here. Yeah, and, I, I think I think that John Dukoff um, of the Covenant House and, and Joe Esposito from the NFL Alumni Association really deserve the credit for coming in here, raising awareness of it, and, and roping me into it. Um, it was an incredible experience. I will do it anytime they want me to do it. Um, and everybody who has donated, thank you. And don't stop now. What's I mean, it been like for you? Um, you've heard from a lot of people as they find out what you did, and I have, but and and I do appreciate it. But but I didn't do it for the slap on the back. I did it because there are homeless kids that are out there that need our help. And as much as I thought I knew beforehand, I didn't know nearly as much as I know now, and it's still not as much. But when it, when a kid who has lived his life on the street comes in and asks you. Why in the world are you doing this when you don't have to? And you realize that they really can't comprehend it because nobody's ever done anything nice for them. Uh, We don't realize how lucky we are, and I think that we have an obligation when we do have what we have and the platforms that we have, just like athletes, to use them in a positive way. See, and that's the high note that I'm going to let you close on. Thank you so much oh, for I thought joining it was, us. I thought it was going to be because I was still alive at the end of the no, show. No, oh, okay. I'm glad you survived. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night as we help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.